1: Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Reflecting on this, I decided to follow her advice. And I noticed profound changes in my own dogs. Enhanced energy, healthier skin, and an overall younger demeanor. It's truly heartwarming to see them so vibrant and full of life. Go to BadlandsFood.com slash hometown and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D dot com slash hometown. Sometime in 1678, the mighty Perusian king, Frederick Wilhelm I, known as the Soldier King, of Europe's most warlike state, sat in his heavy padded throne surveying his army with an ambassador from France. With a row of particularly muscular numaxes parading before him in bright red and blue uniforms with wide golden satches across their chests, he turned to the French ambassador and said, with a dreamy look in his eyes, The most beautiful girl or woman in the world would be a matter of indifference to me, but... Tall soldiers. They are my weakness. And the French ambassador said, Huh? It was true, this supposedly intimidating ruler of the brutal Parusian military state had a fetish for big soldiers and designed an entire unit of giant men in uniform just to look at and admire. Frederick was a small man physically, standing just five foot three, and an even smaller man in his heart. He worshipped size and strength for their own sake and despised weakness. But as anyone knows, most real life giants do not make good soldiers. Would any of us be more afraid of a platoon of Sean Bradleys and Minute Bull than a handful of green berets? The average soldier in modern special forces is five foot nine inches, and there's a reason for that. Quick and compact is the ideal in modern warfare and so-called giants of the seven-foot and overcrowd don't move well. They're slow, and they lack the agility and often the coordination of smaller people. Maybe in more primitive eras of hand-to-hand fighting, they had unusual value in battle situations. But since the invention of gunpowder, they're really just big targets with tiny guns who get called pretty much immediately at the outset of every firefight. But Frederick ever swooning over the juicy bigness of their gigantic bodies, didn't care. They were eye candy, something sweet to augur while he nibbled at the latest offerings of his personal chefs. He would arrange parades at which to show them off, to visiting diplomats, simply to remind the world what an impressive person he was. To have amassed such a useless group of large individuals, but he dressed up like a general every day, and personally trained and drilled this group of soldiers to make them even better at training and drilling for the next parade. And when he was depressed, he would wake them up in the middle of the night for private showings in his personal quarters, so he could watch them from his bed. Because the king housed this regiment in his hometown of Potsdam, these soldiers became known internationally as the Potsdam Giants. In Perugia, they were known simply as the Longfellows. Frederick became so obsessed with big soldiers that he started kidnapping them all over Europe. When he learned of a giant in Ireland or Rome, he would send a representative to persuade them to join his army. If they didn't, he would simply take them hostage or bribe the local government to do it. Other monarchs, like Russia's Tsar Peter the Great and the Ottoman Sultan, would send their biggest citizens as gifts and sometimes in trade for other assets from the Perusian Empire. In one case, Peter traded a small slew of giants for the world-famous Amber Room in Berlin, which he then had transported back home and reassembled in the Catherine Palace, just south of St. Petersburg. In one particularly heinous example of a Bavarian carpenter refused Frederick's advances, and when the local government refused to cooperate, Frederick's henchmen took matters into their own hands. They approached the carpenter with an order for a large wooden box resembling a sort of huge coffin. Once the carpenter had finished the box, they tricked him into climbing inside and slammed the lid down on his head and nailed it shut, before promptly shipping him back to Potsdam. But there were no air holes in the box. They forgot to order that part, and he was dead on arrival. They went to jail, not for murder but for depriving the king of another toy for his favorite hobby. Frederick's fascination was seemingly unending. He painted his giant's faces and figures for memory, and when he walked outside, he sometimes had them walk on either side of him, holding hands over his head to create the visual of a kind of human carriage. He designed huge 18-inch hats to make them look even taller. Unsatisfied even with this, he began breeding his giants with tall women to create an army of supermen. This very modern experiment in human genetics drew the attention of even Charles Darwin, who says of it in his book, The Descent of Man. Nor have certain male and female individuals been intentionally picked out and matched, except in the well-known case of the Persian grenadiers, and in this case man obeyed. The law of methodical selection For it is asserted that many tall men were reared in the villages inhabited by the grenadiers with their tall wives. But ultimately this selective interbreeding soon became inbreeding, and many of these soldiers were already suffering mild forms of mental disability associated with gigantism. So Europe's most useless regiment somehow became yet more useless and more tragic. These men were held captive against their wills. And when they tried to escape, which they frequently did, they were punished brutally. Indeed, one of the advantages of being a giant is decidedly not in their ability to hide out or pass unnoticed from one place to another. Fortunately, when the soldier king died, his son Frederick the Great had little interest in the Longfellows, and the kidnappings and selective breeding largely stopped. He downgraded the Potsdam Giants from a regiment to a battalion and used them as a traditional fighting unit during the War of the Austrian Secession and also the Seven Years' War, to little effect. When the Giants surrendered near Erfurt at the Battle of jena in 1804, they were finally disbanded once and for all to the relief of giants everywhere.